Okay, so well, in this uh, brief presentation, I will show you a brief history of gaming because uh, many people think that video games are just from the last 10 years and we have video games from the moment the first computer was created, we have the first video game. In the beginning, we had some very simple mathematical games or even chess just to test these uh, new computers, their, their power, their how, how good they, they will work. Okay, so I will jump the first decades because they are quite kind of difficult and boring. So we have very simple games in the from 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, like Pong or Space Invaders. You you should you may know them, and they were this, these games would always be played in arcades. You may know arcades where you would go with your coins, with your quarters, and play this video games the whole evening. But it is not until 1990s where we have our first, uh, where video games enter our homes. We have our first video game consoles. And here, for example, we have some uh, examples like the Sega Genesis, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, or the NES, and uh, PlayStation, the first PlayStation from Sony. Uh, in this first, in this 90s, when video games became start to become more popular, they were always regarded as toys. If you wanted to buy a video game, you would go to the toy aisle down in the in the mall in the mall. So we don't see any any of the features that, for example, Tim or Manu were speaking about about the different. Uh, uses of video games in the academia or the the, the, the different uh, problems with uh, in society about video games they were only regarded as toys and they would feel that they were made for for little kids and they would make you dumber and just a waste of time and this will change in the in these years in the 2000s mostly uh, but what we can see here is uh, is an in very interesting uh, event that is what it is called the console words. So we have many systems in the in our market, and they wanted to sell because they have a very reduced uh, market. So their way to advertise themselves was to attack other systems. And this is, for example, an advertisement from the Sega Genesis. So Genesis does that what Nintendo don't. And now they they also do it, but they are more better at hiding them. So these are some of the features from the 1990s, and regarding the what kinds of what kind of video games we find here, it's we can see only the uh, evolution from the bits, the little squares like this. For example, Super Mario World, you should know that from the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, we see a, a slight evolution from what we could call uh, bits, every like little square would make bits, into polygons, into 3D worlds. And here is when video games become some, some, somewhat popular. And this is Super Mario 64 for the Nintendo 64, which was launched in the 1990s in the last 
years of 1990s. Okay, so this is just a brief introduction because everything changes in the year 2000, in this first decade. And first I will talk about the, the first four years because we see some changes and then I will talk about the period between 2004 and until the present where we see that, where we can see that video games become something more than video games. They become a new culture, a new social culture. Okay. So we see uh, again some new systems. Consoles are, uh, are established by generations. And this, for example, would be the fifth generation. There are so many generations before. And here we have the Nintendo GameCube. Uh, for yeah, Nintendo GameCube, PlayStation 2 by Sony, and Xbox, the first uh, video game console created by Microsoft. Okay. Here we see some changes. Let me just. Here we can see the adoption of the, of the CD as its main support, because before we would have games in little, well, bigger cartridges like this, like you could see just them and put them on the on the on the console but now we see the cd and this is very important because the development would be better and cheaper to produce and to sell and it it became very very important and we also see the creation of alternative controllers alternative controllers so we have the typical controller like these ones here but we see uh, the creation of new controllers for new games Basically, rhythm games, okay, like Dance Dance Revolution. This is a mat you put, you you should you would put on the floor or dance on it, depending on the instructions you would receive from the screen. Samba Amigo, the same but with maracas for the Sega Dreamcast. Uh, Don Donkey Kong Jungle Beat. You would play uh, the 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 bongos. Sorry, and to follow a certain rhythm. And for example, Guitar Hero for the PlayStation 2, that has become the best selling game ever in the last years. And we, we, this was the one of the first, and you would play either the guitar player or the bass or the drums or the singer, because you could also, you would, yeah, or the singer. Um, okay, so in these uh, years, the last and most important thing we see is an evolution in multiplayer games. The first, uh, we see the, well, the evolution from LAN gaming, which is many people playing in the same room, to online gaming. So in these years, in, uh, to acquire internet in our homes would be cheaper. So, play, uh, so video games would exploit that feature and create multiplayer content for their games that would go through through internet. So what we previously had, like here, four kids playing th their console in a single screen, divided in four different parts. Now we would have this. A lot of people, everyone with their own computer, connected to a common internet uh, server or to a worldwide server, playing with people from uh, from here, from Pennsylvania, and from China, from wherever. Uh, yeah, so this is the biggest improvement for uh, video games in these years. 
And then we jump to the second part of the 2000s, which is a complete change, a complete revolution, as Manu pointed out before. So uh, here we see that a game is no longer a game. It has become something else. To play a game does not only involve to sit down, take your controller, and go to some left to, to, uh, through some levels, but it involves something more, like to involve with your community of gaming. And these are, for example, I will tell, talk about them, some of the features from this revolution of gaming. And here we are, uh, we are dealing with a two-sided revolution. First, a graphic revolution. We see new graphics, new, co new systems that create the image that we are not playing a video game no more. We are playing like an alternative life. The graphics are so good that you think you are in another world. And also we see a social revolution with a lot of features I will tell you in just a couple of minutes. Okay, so first, the graphic revolution. In these years, we have come from here. This is Link from the Legend of Zelda series, from here to here. And it's a, a big change. So, but why? How have we arrived here? So we have new system and components more powerful than ever. A mistake there, sorry. So more powerful than ever. This new systems and components on our PCs allow us to go from here, this is from Metal Gear Solid from 1997, to here, to the last game of this series, just released a couple of years ago. So it's a huge change, only achieve, uh, and can only be achieved by powerful computers and systems. And here are, for example, some some of the la latest consoles, so PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, just released a couple of months ago, Xbox 360, Xbox One by Microsoft, and Nintendo, and Nintendo Wii U. And for the first time in these last years, we have gaming computers. What, it, what does it mean? For example, this computer is not for gaming, but I would buy my own computer with my own components exclusively to get to play video games at the maximum resolution with the best graphics with the best internet connection and not to have a video uh, uh sorry a computer to work only to play video games and that's a very big change and here since we have new components and new systems that are very very powerful we see in the development studios a huge increase in their budgets to uh, to explore all the ca the different uh, capacities of these new systems to create a game as real as ever and for example uh, let me ask you a question now how much do you think that it costs to develop a game how much manu millions okay I will tell you that, for example, the most expensive video game in history, Grand Theft Auto V, and it cost 265 million of dollars to develop, only to develop. And they gained uh, one billion in the first three days. So this is a lot. It has entered in the World Guinness Rec Book 
rough records. Okay. Uh, so there's a huge increase in development budgets. And this allows the studios, as I said, to uh, explore new possibilities. For example, now they are starting to develop games using Hollywood actors, mm -hmm. taking uh, features from the uh, cinema industry. For example, here we have an example from Beyond Two Souls, a game released a couple of months ago as well, for PlayStation 3. And here we have a Hollywood actress, Ellen Page, which is practically portrayed into the video game. And we can see that it's, we, ca we may think that we are watching a movie rather than playing a video game because it's so realistic. Okay, so this is the graphic revolution. But what is most important about video games and what, why we are here now is the social revolution of video games. As I said, video game, to play a video game is just not to, it, it, uh, it's not only a, a sit there and play. It involves a lot of things. And let me show you the principle, the main points of this revolution. First, we see the creation of a gaming community, of a worldwide gaming community. In 2004, 2005, we see the rise of exclusive online games. Games that requires you to stay, uh, to stay online your, during your whole game period, gaming period. So you have to log in with, uh, with your internet, you have your account, and play with a lot of players around the world. Let me show you some data. This is the average daily online gamers worldwide. So for example, in North America, every gamer would stay online uh, over an hour and a half. And we have 30 million players here. In Europe, 40, 45, we would stay another hour and a half. And that's a lot of time online, and it's the average. So just keep that in mind that there are a lot of people playing together in the same game, achieving some goals, as Alba will tell you later. Okay, these are some examples from these online video games. Uh, League of Legends, released in 2010, has a, an average of 27 million accounts worldwide. So that's a lot. Uh, there's also, for example, World of Warcraft, who in 2010 had 12 million accounts worldwide as well. And the important point about this game is that you have to pay every month to play it. So imagine 12 million people playing every, every month paying $15 a month. That's a lot of money. And just another example, Star Wars The Old Republic, a game with an average of 9 million players, and this is free to play. But there's also a, a system called microtransactions that you would pay as much as you want to play this game, and you would acquire certain perks, certain improvements on your character. And this uh, game is getting a lot of money through these microtransactions. Okay, so the rise of online games. But so we have a lot of players that share one uh, with a lot of, of a lot of knowledge about this game. So we see the creation of new wikis to share the knowledge of about each game to help other gamers. For example, here we have the Minecraft wiki for Minecraft, Wopedia for World of Warcraft, and Bulbapedia for Pokemon. 
And these are three wikis that have a lot of users, like millions of users worldwide as well. Uh, here, so we see that how uh, gamers are involved with, with their games. It's not just one way path. It's a two way path between the developer and the gamer. We even see how gamers create their own content to improve their games. We see that, for example, I will show you now for Skyrim and fantasy game, we see how many people create their own content and they upload this content to the internet. So everybody can uh, download this content and improve their gameplay experience. For example, I could download this, the article ballet in my game, and it would add a new house in this game. We would improve or expand my game here, my period of gameplay here. So, and this is free. That's a very important fact. This is free. Okay. And since uh, gaming has become something more, we see the creation of events around the world to uh, publicize these new games, new systems, and to publicize directly to their, to their audience. For example, in the 90s, we didn't have nothing like this, just the console would come up to the market and we would buy it. But now we can see the whole process of creation of creating a new console. These are two examples, the Gamescom Con in Germany and the Electronic Entertainment Expo or E3 in Los Angeles here in the US. And there are millions of visitors every year to these expos. Okay. So we see that an online gaming community and that are creating new content and everything. And we also, they are also involved in YouTube. As you can, you can, you all know what YouTube is, a web page where everyone can upload their videos and share it with their friends. So we can create a video of a cat, but we can also create a gameplay, <laughs> a video of me playing some some game and uploading it to YouTube so all of you can see it. And this is a huge revolution in gaming because this is a huge revolution in gaming because we know every new piece of a game by watching new other gameplays and we know new secrets that we haven't uh, discovered in our own games. For example, in this website, uh, video games are publicized. Now you, you won't see any advertisement in, in the TVs. Well, now you see, but before you wouldn't know any, any game if you don't go to YouTube. And we have here a very interesting feature. Be, uh, I don't know if you know, but in YouTube, you can monetize your videos. For example, I have a video of one of my gameplays and a million people of users, of YouTube users, watch that video. So I can get paid for every view. And this has created what they are called YouTubers that are gamers that live by what they are playing. And they get paid a lot, like thousand, thousands of dollars every month just for uploading gameplays. And here are some examples. You may know PewDiePie from Sweden, Angry Joe Show from the USA or Alex El Capo from Spain. 
and social blade a web page where, where you can see how much they are getting paid for example pewdiepie is getting paid twenty thousand dollars a month just for playing video games in his home so that's that's life okay <laughs> so another feature of this social revolution as Manny pointed out is the digital distribution until now if i wanted a game i would go to king of prussia and buy my hard copy of the game but now we have what they are called online stores i can log in my computer and enter in any of these three web pages and buy a video game just clicking on the video game so here we have a steam playstation store and the apple store from the apple system so we no longer need a city as i said so if i buy this game and then the city is broken bad luck you have to buy a new a whole new game but in this case we have the cloud street so i would buy a, a game online and i could download, download it every time i want i buy a new pc i can download it again without paying but if you if, if you have a cd you have to buy a new one so in this way games become more accessible to everybody they are just one click again away sorry and with new stores with these new online stores we see the rise of indie games what are indie games indie games are uh, games developed by small studios with a very low budget that have no mean to no means to uh, publicize themselves into the market which is dominated by the biggest biggest uh, enterprises so here we have a small projects of four or five people that want to show their uh, work to the public and we have the green light project i will show you just in a couple of seconds for example here we have a, a screenshot taken today from the steam online store so for example if i want to buy this the wolf among us i would just click on that image and pay my 24 dollars and download download the game in every computer so it's very accessible and this is uh, the green light project as i told you steam has uh, launched this project a couple like six months ago or a year ago where every indie studio could can upload their content and leave leave it there so the community votes which game is better and once they reach certain amount of votes of positive votes this game would be able to be sold to the public so this in this way we have a huge improvement either in their marketing for to sell these games and yes let me give you an example minecraft you may know him you may know it is an indie game that thanks to all of these features the wikis youtube uh, online stores has become one of the uh, best selling games ever and it's indie it's a game very easy to create created by that by a single person and it has sold millions of copies if not billions okay so we have games very accessible you can just one click away as, as i said so uh, all of these development studios see a new market a new 
yeah, new market, a new audience of players. So we see the creation of what we could call casual gaming. What is casual gaming? Oops, casual gaming is games very easy to play that do not require, require any time to, uh, to learn how to play those games and everybody can play them, as I said. So we can say that these games break the age gender barrier. These games are publicized not for people like me, for example, they are publicized to play with your whole family. For example, you may know Wii Fit for the Nintendo, which are a, it's a dynamic game. You, you do some exercise and it's publicized not for a single player, but to the whole family. And let me give you a more a best, a better example here with the Xbox Kinect. Okay, so as you can see in the in this trailer, we don't see a uh, only one people, one person playing. We see a whole family enjoying the game. And these are casual games, games focus on families mostly. And we also see casual games in Facebook, as for example, Manny told us before, with games like Farmville or Candy Crush. Candy Crush is a casual game, the best casual game in these past years. You can also play it on your phone, everywhere. It doesn't require any time to learn how to play the game. So that's the definition of casual games. And finally, one thing that is very peculiar about these last years is the creation of eSports. Video games are no longer toys. Video games have become sports. Some games. Uh, the multiplayer feature of these games uh, has allowed the, the community to create competitions in these games. And 
these competitions have become official in some in some countries and uh, federations of these competitions. For example, here in the U.S., we have the Major League of Gaming, a very big uh, a league of gaming which uh, contains a lot of games. And for example, as I said, competition and tournaments. Here we is the. Uh, League of Legends 2013 World Championship, which was watched by over 45 million people around the world. Yeah, you know. And that's, for example, the, all the population of in Spain. So that's a lot. And finally, just to point out, for example, League of Legends gamers are now being granted U.S. visa here in the U.S., recognizing him or her as professional athletes. This is new here, but for example, in South Korea, it has been this way for the last 14 years. And as you can see, video games have evolved a lot in these past years, and we don't know what the future may hold us, but it will be better. So I encourage you to, to play, and who knows, maybe you will become a professional athlete. So thank you. <laughs>